You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad that you're listening today. We are continuing our podcast theme of honoring Brother Hogan. Last week, uh, we celebrated the life of Brother Leland Hogan, who is our pastor and pastor emeritus for 50 plus years. It's hard to put into words the impact that he had on our church family, but also on just our lives individually. So it's hard to put that into words, but we're going to try. And so today I have a guest. I want to welcome Adam Watkins to the podcast. Adam, thanks for taking some time to be with us. It is an honor to be here to talk about somebody who had such consequence for so many people, but certainly uh, in my life. And, you know, you don't realize how consequential someone is sometimes until they're gone. Um, That wasn't the case with Brother Hogan. You knew that. Uh, You knew he was uh, consequential um, always. But uh, I think as you get older, and we were just talking about that before we started the podcast um, those messages and those things start to really, uh, you know, you have kids and you raise a family. And so like on during the funeral service, just hearing his voice yeah. during the funeral service that I had not heard to that degree um, in uh, probably eight well, years. Eight years. Yeah, eight years. years. I had gone back and listened to a couple sermons yeah, yeah. right after because they were recorded. Yeah, they, they were, were still online. on the internet. Yeah. Um, but it was just, you know, really moving. And that, I was like, this is a man of consequence. Yeah. And uh, the the right kind of consequence. Yeah. So um, anyway. Just. Well, I, I agree. I knew that you guys had a powerful uh, impact on each other. He loved you well. You loved him well. You sang at the funeral. Great job, by the way. A lot of, which I know you're not here for confidence no, there. It's but an honor. That's right. So to just really represent thousands and thousands of people just to be kind of yeah, be right. in a position to represent people. That's a good way to say. It. Well, and you were you were selected for that because of y'all's relationship with each other, right? And even like, you know, in the sermon I talked about us being letters of recommendation, yeah. you know, and I said there's a, a letter from Adam. I had some people after the service that said they're ready for the know, letter. You know, like, I didn't get to write a letter. Why do I? I was like, well, no, 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 no. I was making that all up. It was a, But anyway, Adam let's talk about, you know, what your letter would say, I guess, you know, right? Let's let's go back. Where? How did you meet Brother Hogan? What are your first memories, Adam? Um, there's not a m- memory in my life where Brother Hogan was not present. Because um, literally, I was his 51st birthday present. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's I one think thing I people, figured that out. That's one thing people don't know. So let's yeah. go ahead and throw that out there. You and I are recording this podcast on Sunday, on the, right? Mm-hmm. It's after church. But Sunday, September the 12th, that was Brother Hogan's birthday. Also, your birthday. Right. Y'all share a birthday. Right, and it's been a wonderful little bond that we've had. You know, for whatever reason, God made it that way, and He knew um, where our life paths would go, and He gave us that connection. And so for years, we've called each other on our birthdays. That's something. Um, Hurricane Frederick uh, hit on September 12, 1979. So um, I think my he was trying to get to the hospital. Anyway, he was there from the day I was born. Yeah. And... Um, my mom and dad joined Carter, the Carterville family in 1974 after they got married in 1973. And he was their pastor. Um, and he was my dad's pastor all the way up until 1991 when he died. Um, so it just, uh, and then of course, the Hogan family and our family has been kind of intertwined. Jenna Lee and my sister Cheryl oh, yeah. uh, are about a month apart. And they were placed in the nursery together and just grew up as best friends. And, um, uh, yeah, just what a blessing. You know, I talk to people 
especially in the last couple of, you know, in the last week since Brother Hogan passed, just what a privilege it was to be a part of this particular flock. And he was the shepherd of it uh, for so long. And I've only had two shepherds, you and him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was thinking, who else in our congregation sort of has that, you know, and it doesn't make you more unique or better. It's just a unique little, con- you know, and I think Lindsay yeah. and Chris Calsey and myself and I think maybe Nikki Calsey Russell. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are others, but that we never had a, any life that we were not a no, part of this no flock. Like, in other words, we didn't move away and then move back because uh, Tracy uh, Davenport um, Bowman. Bowman, Tracy Bowman would have some of that, but she moved away and was involved in other churches yeah. and then came back. But just to never, I didn't have a crazy preacher, you know, like I didn't have somebody that I was going to warp me or anything, but he was just at everything. And he, I remember being a little boy and we lived out in Perry County and um, he would drive the Buick LeSabre just up the dirt driveway and he would just show up sometimes yeah. just to check on us. My dad had some health issues um, that impacted his life and um, Brother Hogan was very aware of those and... Uh, he just was always there. And I think that's probably the the biggest adjustment in my mind is that even though the last year or two he hasn't been able to be as physically present with us as a congregation or we've been minding his health and trying to, you know, um, during the COVID season, it's been harder to be with him. His presence was felt. Yeah, he was still there. He, he was, was still there. And so... I have to admit, that's a big adjustment. You know, that just like, even just symbolically, like just knowing that Brother Hogan was on the earth with us. That's right. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. But that's the impact he had. Hey, Adam, let's take a couple of, uh, let's take a couple of glances backwards, a couple of memories. And they can be silly ones or, they don't have to be monumental, but what are a couple of the first memories that jump out to you when you try to remember? And some of it may be his human, you know, very human side. Some of it may be that sacred oh, Pope, you know, but, well, but what do you remember? Uh, well, one of my memories as a little boy is uh, my dad was a disciplinarian. And so we were in the, the old sanctuary. And so some of my first memories were uh, being thrown over dad's shoulder to be Taken out <laughs> okay. and uh, spanked under the oak tree, and so I would just always we be like, I was looking brother brother hugging over my dad's shoulders. My dad was walking out, and I was watching the pulpit, and um, so I remember save me, uh, like yeah, thinking, are you going to help me here? But there used to be an oak tree out um, between the the old and new sanctuary, and I got several wearing outs uh, underneath that tree. And uh, so that's one of the memories. Um, remember him obviously in Vacation Bible School when Boyd Tweedy was here, and uh, then Miss Gwen, you know those sorts of things. A VBS memory I have is um, probably about fourth grade. I was coming from, of course, the new sanctuary did not exist at that time, and I was it, where now we enter for our children's ministry. That used to be the church office that yeah. was right there. And uh, Chris Causey and Chris Heron, Diane Heron's yeah, son, yeah, yeah. were running out of the old sanctuary building, and I was coming across in front of those columns. We couldn't see each other. Well, we collided, and uh, I have a scar on my forehead <laughs> where I hit the brick columns on the corner, and it didn't register, but Marcia Nikovich was in the office, and blood was streaming down my face, and um, I don't know why my mom was nowhere to be found, but Brother Hogan came, and I just remember him picking me up. And he carried me to his car. Wow. And um, he put me in, in the front seat, and uh, he carried me to Dr. Connerly. And wow. They put 
the stitches in. And so I, I had that memory um, that came to me on Thursday morning. Actually, I was getting ready for the funeral, and I was just remembering him carrying me. Yeah. And that was a really good me- memory, and he was caring for me. Um, you know, Adam, like there are a lot of a lot of your generation that grew up in Carterville that I've heard stories of. I don't know if he did this with you. It may have been different for what each person needed. But like I have one adult friend um, who uh, Brother Hogan wanted to see their report card, like through high school and into college, I think because he noticed that this was something they needed. And so he just kind of jumped into that like almost quasi adopted father mm-hmm. figure and and really expected like bring me a report card. I want to see it. Yeah. And uh, one of so one of my adult friends who currently serves and leads at Carterville, like he checked her report card, gave her a hard time about her bad grades, made sure she did well in college. You know, I, I don't know if he did that with you, but I know that he had he, he took on those fatherly roles sometimes where it was appropriate, especially years ago with the kids growing up in Carterville, who are adults now. Yeah, and I remember my spiritual counseling when I made my profession of faith. Um, I did that in first grade, and uh, Mom took me to his office, and he did spiritual counseling with me, and he gave, I remember he had a $1 bill, and he would give it to you oh, really? as an example of what a gift is. And, you know, he said, that's yours. And, you know, he equated it to salvation, how that was a gift and that that was not something that was required back and it was being given freely. And then it was there. And, you know, he asked me, did I want to accept it? Of course, I wanted to accept it. You know, we had to be $10 now for kids. Right. 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 And then, of course, I remember him baptizing me, um, going on children's camps with him and all the stories that people talk about. And then mission trips, obviously. He loved mission trips. Um, The first mission trip I went on with him in Nicaragua was in 1998. I've been waiting to finally be able to go because as a little boy growing up here, you just heard about all the mission trips. And the unique memory for that particular mission trip uh, involved um, DR and Brother Hogan. And Miss Swindle, this was in 1998, and... um, so DR's mom was toward the end of her life, and it was kind of touch and go, but they were still coming on the mission trip. And so we were going to a village called San Gregorio, and we had traveled all day, and we made our way. This is back when they still smoked on the airlines. I don't know what. David Tynes and I sat by each other, and we have last names, T's and W's, so we were in the back of the plane by all the smokers. Yeah. And, um, but we had, so it, the smokers have yeah, late last names. been a long day. Brother Hogan had not rested. We had gotten out, got everything settled in the village, and this was a unique village in that they were not welcoming to us. Um, most villages I had always been told were, and like my first experience, this village wanted us gone. They didn't want us there. They wanted our medicine, but then they want us to go away. Yeah. Um, but Brother Hogan was really tired, and Miss Swindle took kind of a turn, and they needed to get DR back. And I just remember he was so exhausted by the time he got back, he literally was vomiting, and he just would not stop. You know, they finally, the doctors finally had to just get him to stop. And I heard, you know, Rose Rainey, they're just whatever it takes. She right. was talking about that was the motto for Brother Hogan, it's just whatever it takes. And that was an. I, when That's she a, said whatever it takes, that was the image that uh, came to my mind, was just remembering him basically not being able to be stopped. He was yeah. just going to—he got Miss Donna Ruth back to the airport so she could go see about her mom, and he got back. He didn't he was ready to preach. He was ready to preach, church, yeah. um, and God stopped him, <laughs> which is what God always had to do with him. Yeah, God had to put on the brakes because yeah, he, he was just going to give—there wasn't any quit— just going to keep going. He was one of the hardest working men, just so devoted to but, Jesus. But you talked about what, you know, something I was saying about this morning. As an example, 
he is somebody who fully knew what his purpose was. Yeah, that's true. And was living it. And so it wasn't work. Yeah. Like when you're so in tune with what God's purpose, like he was so in tune with what God's purpose was for him. He was just living that purpose every day, and he was not going to quit living that purpose every single day until God quit, until God said no. Yeah. Adam, that's a clear word, a good word. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Well, as we wrap up the podcast, um, I mean, I know that in, in your years of living, right, growing up under Brother Hogan yeah. for your entire life, you got more memories in, than 10 podcasts could hold, you know, and I know that he had a very special place in your life. But so let me ask you this: so We wrap up this podcast, kind of in, other, in honor of Brother Hogan. What's something you would tell the listeners from our church? You know, as we're walking away from this episode, just an encouragement um, that you think Brother Hogan would pass along to us today. Like, what would what would he want us to know? What would you say on his behalf today? You know, as something that you learned from him, something that he mentored or modeled in you, maybe something you heard from a sermon. What would you pass forward to be remembered today from Brother Hogan? Well, beyond the purpose. I think it's that um, there's, we were talking about it a little bit before we started, there was no glitz and glamour with Brother Hogan. Humble. It was not about, you know, that anytime you start seeing that in church ministry and in church leadership, um, he taught me to be careful about that and to be discerning about that. And so looking into the future, whoever God calls to lead us in the future as a, as a family, mm-hmm. I think it's important to look at those attributes that he emulated. And one of them would be that, you know, it's not always about the flash and all of that. It's about just the long-term commitment, the consistency mm-hmm. of just waking up every day and living that purpose in a way that brings honor to God and to Jesus as opposed to self. You know, Adam, one thing that I see sometimes in ministry, and I'm very well aware of the danger, you know, is uh, is I see sometimes that as ministers you can be given a platform that that is bigger than your integrity and character are ready to handle. You yeah. Know? And uh, I look at Brother Hogan, and I see a man whose life was marked by integrity and character. And as I'm listening to what you're saying, you know, I would say the same should be true in, for all of us in our lives. Like, if we would live with that genuine integrity, with that kind of character, and you know, you're not having to, to impress people with glitz and glamour, status or prestige. You know, we're not having to be flashy. I'm just like sometimes I, I don't trust people that lead so much with their pizzazz that I'm going, I don't know. Right. But he was the opposite of that. He had more character. It was so substantive. That's right. It was there was so much. It was just all substance. And grit. He was a great example. I didn't always agree with him. Like we were from different generations, we saw some things differently. He knew that. I knew that. it's no problem. Yeah. But you know what? There was never a second, never a second, where either one of us had any doubt, you know, about integrity. He loved the and Lord. And you just never saw him lose any kind of cool. That's I, true. I mean, that's true. You knew he was maybe frustrated about something, but he just kept it polished. Well, I'll wrap up the podcast today just to tell you that as we remember Brother Hogan, uh, as Adam and I sit here looking backwards on memory lane, he was a man of great integrity, tremendous drive because he knew who he was in Jesus. He knew what he was called to do, and good grief, he did it. Yeah, and I would say as church members, get to know this man if you've never known him and let him influence your life, even because people like that can can influence us for generations. Yeah, he created a great legacy. Mm-hmm. Adam, thanks for being on the podcast. Uh, church family, as you listen to this, if this episode was meaningful to you, if you want to share it, why don't you? You should share this episode with a few folks. Let's try to be encouraging and help all of us refocus 
on finishing well. Adam, thanks for being here. That's an honor. 